Mark chapter 4. Jesus, you know the story. Jesus crosses over the Sea of Galilee to the other side. Five to eight miles according to what point he started from. Five to eight miles. One version actually, one commentary actually believes it's three, but safe to say somewhere about five, six miles. It was evening Jesus crosses over. You know the story. Jesus is sleeping. The disciples are in the boat. It's in the middle of the night. A storm arises. Jesus is sleeping on a pillow, memory foam. All of a sudden, his disciples wake him up, not with a cup of coffee, which is the right thing to do. Waking up with a cup of coffee, there's just breakthrough there. But it wasn't that. Not even healthy green tea. It wasn't that. Not even oatmeal. No. It was this. Jesus is sleeping. This is what he gets. He's sleeping. By the way, when Jesus falls asleep, he falls asleep counting what? Sheep. That's a bad, that's a bad joke. I'm sorry. It's just, I'm <laughs> dumb, dumb. We'll get it So he's sleeping, and all of a sudden, this is what happened. Now, this really happened. He's sleeping. You don't care. That's how they wake him up. Now, I love Jesus. I'm not Jesus. If someone in the middle of the night wakes me up yelling at the top of their voice, you don't care. There is a good possibility a very biblical outcome will take place and someone will be crucified. <laughs> I'm just saying. You don't care. Jesus gets up. What does Jesus do? Doesn't address the fact that he's woke him up. He could have, but he's love incarnate, so he could have just, woohoo, but he didn't. He gets up, he rebukes the wind, and he speaks to the wave. Rebukes the wind, because you rebuke the stuff that you can't see, and you speak to the stuff you can see. So he addressed the cause in order to change the effect. That's what happens. The water filling up the boat. So now, subsequently, Nothing in the Bible says that supernaturally Jesus said water disappear. It seems that the men in the boat had to do yeoman's duty. Remove the water from the boat. It's evening time. They're getting the water out. We're not going to sink. We're going to survive the storm. And they get to the other side. They get right here. So they go through the storm right here. And the cameraman's having a difficult time following me. And so they're here. And they go through the storm. And they're getting water out of the boat. And Jesus rebukes the wind and speaks to the wave. They finally get here. And when they get here, whew, we survive the storm. What happens? Right when they get to the other side, Mark chapter 5. As they arrive at the other side of the lake, when Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. Oh, you missed it. Have you ever been in a chapter in life where you survived the storm and right when you think you're going to go on holiday... Hell breaks out again. Have you ever been in a moment in your life, have you ever been through a season where you had to go to back-to-back -back issues? Where you survived the storm and right when you come out of the storm, hell breaks loose against you. Or there's spiritual warfare or there's something here that is dark that confronts you. If you've ever been in a place where you thought that this chapter was over and then when you turned the page... There was an equally dark chapter waiting for you. And you went like, what just happened? If you've been there, raise one hand. If you ask God questions like, what happened? I thought turning the chapter and the page would lead me to breakthrough. And the, if you've ever asked God any questions of why he permitted these things to happen back to back, raise both hands. 
You're not alone. This happened. They survived the storm. They get to the other side. But, but they survived the storm. You missed it. And then they get to the other side. He rebukes and he speaks over here. Mark chapter 5, both words show up again. He rebukes and he speaks again. What does this mean? If you survive the storm, then you have the authority to rebuke whatever hell comes in your way. If, if storm survivors can rebuke hell itself. If you survive the storm, you have the anointing, the authority, the legacy, the testimony to rebuke hell itself. If you've been through a chapter and you came out of it, darkness cannot hold you back. If you rebuke the wind, you can rebuke the bondage. If you made it this far, you can make it all the way. I'm here to tell you that if you're a storm survivor, if you survive this, there's not a devil or a demon that can stop you from reaching your destiny. If you overcame that, you will overcame, you will overcome this. So it doesn't matter what you're going through right now. It doesn't matter what pops up to distract you. And by the way, some of you have been through distractions and disruptions. Some of you recently things have come up to make you look. This is going to be off script but it's for someone. The enemy would like to take your time fighting. The enemy wants you in his ring. The enemy would like you to give him attention and spend the entirety of your time in what in, in church speakies we can label spiritual warfare. I want you to hear me. Spiritual warfare is necessary but if you live 100% in the arena of warfare then you're missing something because as citizens of the kingdom of heaven we know and we heard it yesterday George and I we have authority as citizens of the kingdom where the angels will fight for us I'm gonna preach now let me preach a little bit heavy right now the enemy wants you in his ring he wants you in his arena he wants you to be in a perpetual fight but somehow you need to flip the script you're either doing two things in life you're either building or you're fighting one more time you're either building or or you're fighting. You're either building or fighting. If the enemy can get you to spend 90% of your time fighting, you're going to build 10% of your time. You need to flip that. On occasion, we need to fight. But I'm going to spend over 90% of my time building the kingdom of heaven, advancing the agenda of the Lamb. Are you with me? Because we have authority to commend the angels of God to fight on our behalf. The battle is mine, say of the Lord, 2 Chronicles 20, 15. So do not be distracted. Do not be disrupted. If you overcame the storm, if you made it this far, you can make it all the way. You survive to thrive. You overcome drama to occupy destiny. You rebuke the lies of the enemy in order to live in the truths of the kingdom. Because storm survivors can rebuke hell itself. So if you survive the storm or, or you're in the midst of surviving a storm, raise one hand. If you understand that if you survive the storm, nothing on the other side can stop you, raise both hands. Matter of fact, I'm a oh boy. Let me tell you what you actually learned to do. Are you ready for this? The disciples learned on this side, Mark chapter 4. You can't preach about these two things separately. They're connected. The disciples learned that Jesus instructed them, and he told them, you all had the power, but you didn't use it. You have the power to rebuke. All, you have the power to rebuke. To rebuke is to say no to. It's to refute, to reject. We are what we tolerate. We have the power to rebuke, to say, no, I will not surrender to that. I will not enter into that. I will not permit that. That's to rebuke. When you are silent about something, you're tolerating it. 
Matter of fact, it's silence. It's, it's, it's that sort of complacency that makes you complicit when you don't speak up, when you don't rebuke it. When the devil shows up in your family, when there's behavior, ideas, thoughts, interactions that are not godly or righteous or bring people together or unleash your purpose and destiny, then you're tolerating it. You have the power to rebuke. As Christians, we need to learn to rebuke. Jesus taught me in this passage and throughout his narrative that what comes out of my mouth has power. If I say something and he is in me and his spirit is in me, something has to happen. My words are not empty. Words matter. So if I speak in his name according to his will, he will show up and do that very thing. So my words are not empty. This is not religion, baby. This is not a kumbaya society. We're not here to make you feel good. We're, at, we're not in this church with all due deference. We're not here to make you feel good. We're not here to affirm or validate your emotional or affective domain. We are here to make sure. We are here to make sure that you are saved, delivered, and healed by the only way that you can be saved, delivered, and set free. And that way happens to be Jesus. Are you with me right now? So I, I need you to hear me. You have the power to stand up and rebuke. You To rebuke 2 Timothy 4.2, preach the word, be ready in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. It, it's Solomon writing, it is better, Ecclesiastes chapter 7, it is better to listen to the rebuke of a wise man than to listen to the song of fools. Oops. Proverbs 27, 5, better is open rebuke than love that is concealed. We need to stop being politically correct, and we must learn to rebuke. God is, God, there are things happening in families, in communities, in America, in nations. This world it seems to be falling apart. And if you're looking for a political solution, good luck with that. If you're looking for government to solve it, Good luck with that. If you're looking for Uncle Sam to do what only our Heavenly Father can do, if you're looking for your uncle to save you when your uncle's not going to save you, it's your Heavenly Father who's going to save you. Good luck with that. You know what the world really needs? A church that will not be politically correct, that will stand up and rebuke every lie of the enemy. God is looking for a man and a woman who will dare stand up and say, I rebuke every lie of the devil. I rebuke fear. I rebuke failure. I rebuke the storm. I rebuke the flesh. I rebuke temptation. I rebuke every thought that runs counter to the will and the word of God. If there could be a woman and a man, a generation, that will stand up and rebuke spiritual powers and principalities, that will rebuke every single vestige of idolatry and, and, and false idol worship, that, that will rebuke rebuke learn to rebuke rebuke this is gonna be it's gonna be hard i'm warning you just put on your seatbelt you gotta rebuke the people around you that are attempting to force you out of the will of god you need to you need to rebuke them and it says even if you rebuke them with love but rebuke them you and the number one person and thing you need to rebuke is not the devil it's not your enemies it's not that person the number one person you must learn to rebuke is the lesser version of you it's when you don't line up with what God says you are. When you look at yourself in the mirror after you mess up, after you fail, after you sin, in that addiction or bondage, you need to look at yourself in the mirror and say, no, I'm not tolerating you. You're not on this planet for this. Jesus didn't die on the cross for you to be an addict, for you to live in failure, for you to live in anxiety, for you to live in fear. Matter of fact, I rebuke this version of you and I unleash a holy version of you. I unleash 
release a saved and delivered and healed version of you. Learn to rebuke yourself. You got to rebuke the hell inside of you before you learn to rebuke the hell in front of you. Tweet that, why don't you? Mark 1.25, Jesus rebuked him. Matthew 17, and Jesus rebuked him. Demon came out. Mark 4, he got up and rebuked the wind. Malachi 3.11, then I will rebuke the devourer for you. So it will not destroy the fruits of the ground. It's the power to rebuke. The power to rebuke. The power to rebuke. The power to say no. The power to say no. Holy cow, Batman, we have the power to say no. But why aren't we using it? We are what we tolerate. We accommodate by our complacency. We accommodate by our political correctness. We must learn to say no. Say no to everything that does not line up with the word of God, the will of God, with the spirit of God. Even if the majority is shouting it, it doesn't matter. You're not driven by the crowd, you're driven by the cross. If you're getting this, raise your hand. Jesus arrives here. He arrives, crosses over. All of a sudden, this bound man shows up. He shows up. Bound. Something you may never have noticed here. They just survived the storm. And all of a sudden, a demonically possessed man shows up. Jesus easily could have said this. And the disciples could have said, we're tired. By the way, the demonic man never threatened Jesus, never threatened the disciples. There's nothing of that. So we can't make it up. So it wasn't even their fight. But Jesus got there. And his mission was to set him free. I want you to hear me. What if the reason you survived the storm is to bring freedom to other people? What if the reason you survived the storm was less about you and more about God engaging the testimony you now have? And the spiritual authority, which in the Bible is called anointing, the anointing you now have to set people free. I need you to hear me. If we would all, all of our storm survivors here, those that are watching right now, if we would just understand that if we confront people that are bound, it's not by coincidence. Oh, you missed it. If we find people that are bound right after the storm, it's not by coincidence. Our assignment is to make sure they end up free. You, you're, no, we can't, we got, this is, this is, this may get you upset. We got to stop stepping over people. We got to stop ignoring people. We got to stop ignoring the marginalized and the hurting and the broken and the bruised. We have to stop that. We got to stop acting like that's not my drama. I don't want to get into that. My job is to go to church on Sunday, uh, get, you know, give my tithing and offerings and, and try to live right Monday through Saturday and then do it all again on Sunday. No, your job is to become the church on Sunday, be filled with God's spirit afresh, receive a fresh word, and then Monday through Saturday, set up people free in the name of Jesus is anybody getting right now 
I don't know about you, but I'm tired of stepping over people and I'm tired of justifying it. That's not my drama. I'm never again going to walk by someone who is broken and ignore them. I'm going to, pro- even if I can't physically reach them, I'm going to prophesy into the atmosphere. I'm going to speak into them. I'm going to say, get up in the name of Jesus. God has a purpose for you. But the Bible says, how about this? The Bible says, 2 Corinthians 3.17, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? There is what? Are you ready for this? Where is the Spirit of the Lord? Where, Brother Sean? Right here. 1 Corinthians 3.16. You and I who are washed by the blood of the Lamb are temple of whom? Of the Holy Spirit. You missed it. If I'm temple of the Holy Spirit and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Wherever I show up, Every devil has to flee. Wherever you wherever you show up, every demon has to flee. Wherever we show up, freedom has to take place. Is there anyone here talking about a freedom fighter? Is there anyone here ready to change the world and bring freedom to those that are hurting, those that are suffering, those that are bound, those that are broken? I survived the storm to bring you freedom. That's crazy. Why did I make it through my journey? Why did Sam Rodriguez make it through his storms? And I've been through a bunch. It's not to have massive followers on my accounts. It's not to be braggadocious and take selfies and go, look where I am. All of that passes away. What will never pass away It's the freedom brought to others through the grace-filled, vicariously woven-together testimony that God has placed upon my life. I refuse to let people, I refuse to permit people to live in captivity if they're around me. They don't even have to be around me. Wherever I show up, if I find a bound person, I'm going to speak to them. I'm going to show up as close as I can because I know that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Oh, I'm a, I feel something now, and, and, I'm, I'm, and no, I'm, I know this is different for some of y'all, but I feel something's about to happen. I feel what God is doing in you and through your testimony because you survived your storm. What if I tell you that you are about to be the conduit of freedom for people around you like you've never been before? What if I tell you that your family and your friends, how about that, even strangers that you meet every single day will be set free by the Holy Spirit that is inside of you? If you believe that with me, if you have that expectation, I want you at the count of three to open up your mouth and give God the kind of praise that lets them know that it's not hype, it's not rhetoric. You actually believe it. One, two, three. Give God that kind of praise. That Sacramento is about to be free. Los Angeles is about to be free. California will be set free. America will experience freedom, not through politicians, but through the followers of Jesus who are filled with the Spirit of God. the only reason they went over do your biblical due diligence that's all they did oh you missed it when they got there the only thing they did was set that man free read it then the bible says and they got back on the boat and crossed back over to the other side sometimes that's your assignment 
set other people free. Bring freedom to the captive. Luke chapter 4, repeating Isaiah, for the Spirit of the Lord have anointed me not to preach in stadiums, and that's good. Not to speak in conferences, and that's great. Not to be on television, and that's wonderful. No. The Spirit of the Lord have anointed me to bring good news to the captive. Good news to the poor, freedom to the captive, healing to the brokenhearted, and declare the year of the Lord's favor. We're done. We're done. Final point, final point, final point, final point. Final point, final point. This is it, this is it. Let me calm down, let me calm down. Maybe I won't. So live with the passion to set other people free. Rebuke the bondage in your community, in your nation. I love you so much that I demand that whatever binds you flees. Well, I'm going to try to settle down here because I want you to hear this, and I'm done with this final point. When they get to the other side, a demonically possessed man confronts Jesus. Here we go. They just survived what, ladies and gentlemen? A what? Uh-huh. A demon is not heavenly. A demon is a mucho malo spirit. Mucho malo means it comes from darkness. It's hell-driven, diabolically driven. It's part of the enemy's army. Watch this. They just finished overcoming what? A storm? Do not be surprised that right after you survive the storm, the enemy attempts to take advantage of what he perceives to be an exhausted version of you. I'm going to repeat that. They not only survived the storm, they had to get the water out of the boat. It was still nighttime because when Mark writes, he always describes the time of day. So it was still dark. A man from the cemetery, from literally from the tomb, comes out. Imagine that. That's your welcoming party. A demonically possessed man that just came out of a tomb. In the middle of the night. In the midst of darkness. And you're exhausted. Do not be surprised that once you survive the storm, the enemy attempts to take advantage of what he perceives to be an exhausted version of you. Simply stated, if you went through the storm and you had to rebuke the wind and speak to the waves, is there anything left in you? Jesus survived the storm, and the moment he lands on the other side, he's confronted by a demonically possessed individual. Hell wants to know if you still have some fight inside of you. Hell wants to know, is there any ammo left? Is there any fuel left in your tank? The enemy wants to know you survived the storm and now you're here. Hell wants to know if you still have some joy left, if you still have some peace left, if you're still praising God the way you did last year right about this time. Are you still lifting up your hands the way you did before COVID? Are you still, are you still pro proclaiming the promises of God before COVID and the nation fell apart? Are you still walking with the optimism and the faith? Oh, I'm going to conquer my mountain. I'm going to possess my promise. Or are you now shut her down? Are you down in a fetal position? Do you still have something left? I want you to know right now. I, I, I want you to know. Not only do you have something left greater is he that is in you not only do you have something left I need you to look at every lie of the enemy right now of everything that is challenging you of everything that is asking you is there any fight left inside of you is there any joy left inside of you I dare you to open up your mouth and declare 
I have some anointing left. Say that one more time. I dare you to say, I have authority left. In the matter of fact, say, just repeat after me. Say, in the matter of fact, I just checked. And I can confirm without one iota of doubt, I still have it. I dare you to say, I still have it. I still have the name of Jesus. I still have the blood of Jesus. I still have the anointing of Jesus. I still have the word of God. I still have the kind of faith that moves mountains and the shout that brings down walls. I still have it. It's still in me. It's still in me. I'm not done yet. I still have it because it's not you. It's the spirit of God that lives inside of you. Are you exhausted? Can you handle this? You just survived this. Do you have anything left? Wait a minute. I'm going through this because I'm being questioned of whether or not I have anything left. Let me show you what I have left. Let me tell you what I have left. What you don't know, devil, hell, darkness, fear, depression, anxiety, confusion, consternation. What you don't know, forces that are attempting to rob, kill, and destroy my God-given purpose. What you don't know is that because I went through the storm, I have now more than what I had before. Oh, am I preaching to seven people right now? What you don't know is I'm stronger because of what I went through. I'm more anointed because of what I went through. I have more faith because of what I went through. Is there anyone here who grew? Who grew because of what you went through? Is there anyone here who has more? Because if you go through it, if you go through it, you survive. But if you grow through it, you thrive. And what the enemy doesn't understand, that's, that storm made you stronger. That storm gave you revelation about God and yourself. That storm revealed the authority and the purpose of God in you, with you, and through you. That storm showed you that if Jesus is in your life, all things are possible. So I'm only going to ask, if you're a storm survivor that can rebuke hell itself because you survived what you went through, and now that you survived, you're ready to thrive by seeing other people set free through your testimony, through your witness of the reality of the risen Christ. Only storm survivors, if you've never been through anything, please do not respond. But if you've been through something in life that knocked other people out, but by the grace of God, you're still standing, I want you to show yourself and show everything around you right now that you're not the same you used to be, that you're actually stronger, better, more anointed, full of more faith than ever before. And there's not a power in hell or a demon on earth that can stop you from doing what God has purpose in your life. If that's you, stand with me and give God the kind of praise that lets him know. Yes, sir. Right now. This made you stronger. This COVID thing that we're going through as a church, meaning as a collective ecclesia, the church collectively, this will make us stronger. I laugh at some of the social media postings that politicize absolutely everything. Get over yourselves. 
everything that's happening with COVID in the nation, if you think it's about politics and this and that and that, or, or strife limited to what I... The enemy is trying his best to shut down the most powerful institution on the planet. And it's not Amazon Prime. The enemy's trying to shut down the church. COVID, churches couldn't meet except online. Online is beautiful. We literally have like so many people watching us. It's pretty amazing. And I mean in the tens of thousands for the glory of God. But this fellowship, absolutely. The enemy can't stand this. And then everything else we're seeing, you think it's about race and, and that. If it's only limited to that, oh no. The final end game is for the, the enemy's objective, divide the church. If I can divide the church by color and by politics and by who they vote for, it's all a diabolical strategy. And people are drinking the Kool-Aid. And I've reached the point, I've reached what I call the I don't give a holy hoot age. So I don't give a holy hoot. I'm not gonna, I am not, I am not gonna water down the gospel. And I'm not gonna permit the devil to divide what God has already united through the work of Christ. Are you with me right now? So if you're a Christian, be a Christian first and foremost. Stand up, rebuke, rebuke, rebuke the wind, rebuke the demonically pit, rebuke that possession, rebuke and speak into it and bring freedom to everything that is captive around you. All right. Let me see you. Let's lift up your hands. Heavenly Father, we come together as storm survivors. We come together as individuals who have been through and collectively currently we can't deny the fact that we are in the midst of a collective storm. So we come to you as past storm survivors and as individuals and families fully committed to the fact that we will survive this one too. And Lord, thank you because today through your word and your spirit, you have revealed to us that the reason we survive the storm is to bring freedom to those that are in captivity. The Spirit of God has anointed us to bring good news to the poor and freedom to the captive, healing to the brokenhearted. My testimony has to set people free. That when you say where the Spirit of God is present, there is liberty, that's me! My life is filled with the Spirit of God. And wherever I show up, freedom must take place. Bondages have to fall. Chains have to fall off people. Wherever I go, supernaturally, when I open up my mouth, and even if I don't, my very presence, because it's your presence, not mine, will provoke others to be set free. So, Lord, thank you. Because it was worth the trip. It was worth the storm seeing other people set free. Thank you, my God. We give you the glory. And by the way, thank you that if hell's trying to find out if I'm exhausted and if I have something in me, I think hell's about to discover that I'm stronger, more anointed, more filled of faith, more filled of purpose than ever before. Through Christ, amen. Give God one more shout of praise.